Welcome back to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Danport. If you're new to our broadcast, we are an Arizona 501c3. We're a nonprofit prayer ministry, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing beacon of light, a non-denominational ministry serving the Lord Jesus Christ, both from Gospel of Faith Church in Ash Fork, Arizona, as well as from the worldwide broadcast studio here in Fort Mojave, Arizona. We are now broadcasting to Ireland, the UK, Germany, Japan, Korea, South Africa, Spain, and we just picked up New Zealand. So wherever you may be listening today, we welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Pastor Davenport, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. As winter is fast approaching, we have kicked off our winter homeless drive. As we are asking donations so we may purchase sleeping bags, tents, coats, and jackets for our homeless, we also provide homeless bags which are filled with toothbrushes, toothpaste, shampoo, combs, brushes, bars of soap, and washcloths and towels, and and, uh, feminine hygiene projects for our women's bags, as well as razors, shaving creams for our men's bags. We can't have this stuff uh, sent, so we just ask that you send a donation. with the address on the website, or you can go to spiritualawareness.net and donate on the site there at the website. If you're listening on one of the many other venues, you'd have to go to our website, just all one word, spiritualawareness.net, and you can go to the Donate Now site, or you can send it in at the address there on that. I'm excited about today's message, and I'm anticipating miracles today uh it's i'm out in the recording studio and they didn't have the heat on so i'm kind of a little bit shivery this morning so let's kind of get to that you know i I see a vision for this broadcast Uh, god promised that there would be an awakening to the churches and to the those that listen to this broadcast so let's get to it let's get to our prayer this morning father in the name of jesus christ We come into your presence, your holy presence, thanking you for spiritual awareness broadcasts and for Gospel of Faith Church. You have called us to be saints here at Spiritual Awareness and around the world. As we lift our voices in one accord, in in agreement, we recognize that you are God and that everything was made by you and, and, and for you. We call into being those things that that we, not as, as, as though they were, but as though you made them. And we thank you that we all speak the same thing. There is no division among us. Even though the languages may be different in the world, we speak the same through our soul. We are perfectly joined together in the same mind. Grant to us, O Lord God, your representatives here upon this earth, a boldness to speak your word, which you will confirm with signs following. We thank you, God, that we have workmen in abundance and all manner of cunning people for every manner of work that you may put upon us. Each department, each operates in, in an excellence of ministry and intercessions. We have in in this ministry the gifts, the gifts that you need. Gift of prayer involving time of fellowshipping with, with you, Father. 
In Ephesians 6, we are instructed to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entity. And in 1 Timothy 2, we are abominished to urge that petitions and prayers and intercessions of thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all mankind. Prayer must be the foundation of every Christian endeavor. Father, we come before you today just praying that very thing, praying that, that, that prayer, edifying the body of Christ till we all come into unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of Almighty God unto a mature person. None of our people will be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. We speak truth in love, Almighty God. We are growing and witnessing the body of believers becoming hundreds of thousands strong. We have every need met, and therefore we meet the needs of the people who come in spirit, in soul, and in body. We ask for the wisdom, Lord God, in meeting the, these needs. Father, we thank you. We thank you in advance for the ministry facilities that will more than meet the needs of the ministry of spiritual awareness. You have called us, Lord God. This broadcast is prospering financially, and we have more than enough to meet every situation at Gospel of Faith Church as it grows and as it spreads the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ through both the church and through the broadcast. We have everything we need to carry out your great commission and reach the multitude of the world to salvation and bring the, the, the people to the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence at this broadcast and to help us to spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that you be here for this time that we study your word to spread out the, the, the ministry of the 11 o'clock prayer hour, that we may spread the good news, Lord, and the salvation to the lost of this world. Be with us, Lord God, for this time. Spread that healing of this pandemic, the salvation of the lost. Therefore, we bring the lost of the world this day, every man, woman, and child from here to the farthest corner of the earth, before you. As we intercede, we use our faith, believing that thousands this day will have the opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. For everyone who has that opportunity, devil, we bind you, your binding spirit your, of Antichrist, and loose you from your assignment against those who have that opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. We ask the Lord of the harvest to thrust that perfect laborers across these lives this day and share the good news of the gospel in a special way so that they will listen and they will understand it. And we believe that they will not be able to resist the, the wooing of the Holy Spirit for you, Father. Bring them to repentance by your goodness and love. We confess that they shall see who have never been told of Jesus Christ. They shall understand who have never heard of Jesus, and they shall come 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. They shall come out of the snare of the devil who has held them captive, and they shall open their eyes and turn from darkness into light. From the power of Satan, they will come to you, O God. This, this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, glory to God. Uh, I want to send a special uh, blessing out to my brother Ray Hicks out in California. Uh, he had to make an emergency trip out. His mother is in the hospital with COVID. Uh, our prayer goes out to her this morning. Uh, she's in the hospital with COVID. Uh, and I just want to send a special prayer real quick out to her uh, and the doctors and nurses that are attending her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we confess your word concerning healing. And as I do this, I believe and I say that your word will not return to her void, but will accomplish what it says it will do. Therefore, I believe in the name of Jesus uh, that she be healed according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It is written in your word that Jesus himself took her infirmities and bore her sickness upon him. Therefore, with great boldness we can, uh, with, and, and confidence, I say on the authority of that written word that she be redeemed from the curse of sickness, the curse of COVID-19, and we refuse to tolerate its symptoms upon her. Satan, I, I speak to you in the name of Jesus and say that your principalities, powers, and spirits of sickness who rule that present darkness and your spiritual wickedness in heavenly places are bound from operating against her in any way. And I am in, 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 in she belongs to the property of Almighty God, and I give you no place in her life. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. She abide, remain stable, and, and be fixed under her, the shadow of Almighty God, whose power no foe can withstand. Now, Father, because we reverence you and worship you, I pray that you would put an angel of the Lord right there in that hospital bed with her and around her encamp and deliver her from every evil work. Let the doctors and the nurses abide right there in that room with her and, and just heal her in the name of Jesus Christ. We just believe that she is receiving that healing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We just believe it be done right now and let that medication work and let her just come back in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And just lay that hedge of protection all around Brother Hicks right now and his sisters that are there uh, trying to get everything ready for her to come home. We see that. We believe it right now. It is in the hand of Almighty God. Let his will be done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God. Um, we wish them all uh, a speedy recovery out there in California. Today is lesson nine and is the end of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, blessed are the persecuted. Say that with me. The blessed are the persecuted. Uh, it's Matthew chapter five, 
verse 10 through 12. Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles and you should have them with you right now, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. I remind you that we have a beautiful leather-bound um, reference Bible. If you go to spiritualawareness.net and look at it, it's there. We've got a beautiful wide margin uh, leather-bound uh reference Bible there uh, that we have available. Matthew chapter 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted. I have to remind myself to slow down a little bit. Blessed are they which are persecuted for the righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my sake. Rejoice, verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. How righteousness living affects the world. Righteous living is offensive to the world, and this is nothing new. Jesus always said, if they persecuted me, how much more shall they persecute you? It goes all the way back to the beginning when Abel was murdered by his brother, Cain, because his sacrifice was acceptable to God and Cain's was not. The murderous rage that welled up in the soul of Cain in 1 John chapter 3, verse 12 started a long line of persecution towards those who were committed to God and to his ways. History does not go too far before we see Noah being ridiculed because of his preaching. You know, there's a long line of that, and even in today's world, people that serve God are often ridiculed, gossiped about, uh, lies told about. Uh, many people don't want to come to church, so therefore they make up lies about the church. Uh, that church is, is demon-possessed. That church is uh, a cult. Many of these uh, lies are told because those people don't want to go to church, so they feel bad, so they want to tell lies about the church. It does not take much of a, a biblical scholar to follow the track where persecution is demonstrated towards those who believed and were followers of Jehovah. We also see in one of the great types in Scripture and treatment of Isaac, by Ishmael. Ishmael was born after the flesh and Isaac was born after the spirit. In Galatians 4 and 29 through 31 and Genesis 21, 9 through 16. I hope you write these down and visit these scriptures. Uh, you know, never, never, never take a preacher's word for it. Always follow up with those scriptures and make sure that that uh, that that preacher is following the word of God properly. Flesh and spirit are always uh, grappling with each other. In this, in this matter of Christian living, even Abraham, who was the father of the faithful, was entrapped because he loved Ishmael as a son and did not want to throw him out of his home. Just as a matter of contemplation, here is what we must understand about fleshly and carnal things. The longer we allow them to stay around, the more opportunity they have to entrench themselves to uh, our affections. This is why Paul said we must ruthlessly cut off the old man and put on the new man. Ephesians 4, 17, 5, and 7, or excuse me, 4 and 17, 
And then 5 and 7, Colossians 3, 10 through 17. When the Lord Jesus Christ died for his church, he died for the curse of sin. And sin runs through our veins. But he never removed the matter of having to bear a cross. One of the, the components of the cross bearing is having to endure the persecution of the ungodly. There are times when we can fall into a trap of thinking that, that if we are holy, godly, and reverent, then the matter of persecution and ridicule will be removed from our path. Personal holiness and piety will never give uh, us protection against persecution. It's always there, my friends. In fact, we should be willing to count on a closer we move towards God and his righteous mission, the more we are going to have to endure persecution. It comes, it comes from family. It comes from friends. It comes from strangers. The, the, the children of Israel had to wander the wilderness and battle with fiery serpents before they entered the promised land. And we can be certain that our path will be marked with the same kinds of struggles that the children of Israel had during the, their sojourn. Before moving directly into text, it is a key to understand that persecution provides us an opportunity to test our fitness for the kingdom of God. One of the places where we can find instruction to help us persevere is in situations where we feel the pressure of persecution is in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 4. Let's read that. Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. I'm going to slow down so you can find that scripture. I have to keep telling myself, slow down so people can find the scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 4. That's one of the wonderful things about this uh, large print wide margin reference Bible that we offer on spiritualawareness.net is that we have them all marked the the chapters or the uh, uh, they're all marked uh, for you and they're, it's easy to reference them uh, Hebrews chapter 12 1 through 4 wherefore seeing we also are uh, compassed about with so great a cloud of witness Witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience and ra the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against him, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Verse 4, ye have not yet resisted into blood striving against sin. This must be more than just a list that you live by. It must be a mindset, I'm going to say it again, it must be a mindset that you walk through your life with. In other words, you, you, can't, just, you can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Throw off everything that hinders you. Run with perseverance the race that has been set before you. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. He endured the cross and the scorn, the shame, 
Don't grow weary or lose heart in the battle. What takes place as we walk through situations that hurt us is that we develop strong Christian traits that will benefit us in, in, for, for a lifetime. Faith, say faith, faith, endurance, and perseverance are all traits that people of God must maintain in times of adversity and temptation. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, 12, 14, 4, 1 through 3, 11, 14, 10, 23, and 35 and 39. We must be on guard against weariness and discouragement, which is a hard thing to do, but we must, we must guard against weariness and discouragement when we are facing adversity and persecution. Hebrews 6, 11 and 12, Galatians 6, 9, and Revelations uh, 2 and 3. Now listen, righteous living affects the world in a way that causes unbelievers to want to eradicate the saints and, re and remove every hint of righteousness. They strike out. They simply believe that if they remove the righteous influence, it will calm their conscience. They strike out against the church and God's people. However, there is an inward law that no matter how dark the times may be and how devoid of righteous influence, their conscience deep within is preaching to them. That's that, that voice in the back of their head. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 16. But blessed, say this with me, blessed are the persecuted. Say it again. Blessed are the persecuted. Though they be never so meek, merciful, pure in heart, their piety will not shield them from sufferings. They must hang their harp on the willows and take the cross. The way to heaven is by the way of thorns and blood. Set it down as a maximum. If you will follow Christ, you must see the swords and the staves. Thomas Watson said that. The more strongly the, the discourses of the of minister bear upon the primary vices of the day, the more will they whose besetting sin is pointed out and reprobated pour contempt upon the preacher and his word, Charles Simeon. Just as Jesus experienced persecution, and opposition, we can expect the same thing to take place. The reward may not take place in this life, but it will certainly take place in the one to come. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 and 11, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. The persecution that Jesus was speaking of as a context came into two directions. I say it again, the persecution that Jesus was speaking of in this context came in two directions. It was both verbal and violent. The verbal aspect came in the form of insults, slander, mockery, and prejudice. To revile means to shame and it, it will frequently have a public venue where people will try to shame them in the front of others. When all manner of evil is spoken against the saint, it is generally accompanied by some form of fabrication and innuendo, which is meant to publicly embarrass the individual. 
Jesus was constantly being slandered in during his earthly ministry. He was accused of being born by illegitimate means in John chapter 8, verse 41. He was slandered and, and accused of being a Samaritan in John chapter 8, verse 48. He was accused of being a demon possessed in John chapter 8, verse 48. And in 10, 20, and 21, and accused of blasphemy in Matthew chapter 27, verse 39. The violent came to him when they had to endure physical violence. All throughout history, we find men and women who had to endure the very brunt of evil because of their lives provided a great contrast to the evil that was rampant in the society they lived in. One such individual was an Italian preacher who preceded the uh, pr Protestant reformation uh, by a few years. He very strongly condemned personal sin and ecclesiastical corruptions that existed in the Roman Catholic Church. One of his biographers wrote, his preaching was the voice of thunder and his uh, denunciation of sin was so terrible that the people who listened to him went about the streets half dazed, bewildered, and speechless. His congregations were so often in tears that the whole building resounded with their sobs and their weeping. The problem is that people and church officials and boards cannot take their kind of preaching for very long because it strongly convicts the way they live. So Savonaro was killed by hanging and then his body was burned. That kind of treatment was extended in the world today as never there are people all over the world who are being killed for their devotion to Jesus Christ. Jesus, during his earthly ministry, routinely denounced that kind of treatment that was given to those who preached the ways of God in Matthew 21, 34, and 36, and Matthew 23, 29 through 37. All have heard the variations of the story where someone got a new job or, or went to school or went on an outing with their extended family and returned to say, nobody even knew I was a Christian. That is a sad commentary for anyone to express. The Lord cautions in Luke chapter 6, 26, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Some would attempt to say that a Christian is nice, well-mannered, popular, and never offended to know anyone. The beatitude is put that thought of idea completely to rest because an authentic believer will not be admired by all who see him. They will be persecuted for righteousness sake. In fact, one of the key evidence that a person has been truly converted is that they must endure some form of persecution in this life. If we never have never experienced any kind of persecution, the oppos opposition for our faith, then it would do us well to question whether we have been genuinely converted. If we endure persecution, we have had a true work of the Spirit in our lives. Philippians 1, 29-31 Just as those damnation in the sign of those who persecute for righteousness. However, there are a couple of issues that need to be brought into play concerning persecution. Sometimes people experience persecution because of their own foolishness. And folly, and there generally takes place when people who are Christians are loud, obnoxious, and rude in their pres uh, presentation of the gospel. We can bring great difficulties on our head because of the foolish ways that we may decide to conf uh, confront matters. Sometimes persecution can fall on our heads because we 
very self-righteous attitudes that comes into play in our public uh, persona. There's a difference in being offensive and being wise. There are often times where the most difficult persecution to endure is that which comes to the hands of the religious. Worldly people hate God's laws and their persecution is motivated out of the repulsion of righteousness. When the religious order attacks in general has to do with control. Look no further than the historic accounts of Martin Luther who condemned uh, papal authority and social and moral uh, corruptions and the priesthood. When he nailed his 95, these two church doors in the Winnipeg in created firestorm of havoc in the Roman Catholic Church. Pope Leo condemned him and said that Luther had become a wild boar in God's vineyard. One of the key issues was the matter of indulgence and the purchase of relics where people could spend their hard-earned money to buy their way into heaven or pay their way into the loved ones out of purgatory. When Luther denounced that, it put his life in peril. A natural man will will never be able to applaud or encourage the change that has taken place in the child of God's life. This cannot happen because worldlies are members of another kingdom which displays darkness. Being persecuted for righteousness sake must do with the light factor. When we are converted, we, are, we become like Lord and have light in us. We know that the darkness hates the light. John chapter 1, verse 5, 3 is 19, 8 and 12, 12, 35 and 12, 46. Furthermore, light always exposes what it is in the darkness. And John dealt with that in his first episode, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 and 7. The Bible has much to say about persecution. And when we have a biblical view toward it, there is a great clarity and comes to us as our expectation and the meaning of it. The following is noted about persecution. Let me slow down a little bit. I want you to get this. The Lord submitted patiently to it. In Psalm 69, 26, Isaiah 15, 6, 53, and 7, and John 5, 16. The believer must expect it. The Lord will use it in Jeremiah 15, 15. It is an attack on Jesus Christ in Zechariah 2 and 8 and Acts 9, 4 and 5. The Lord is with his saints in Daniel 3 and 25 and 28 and in Romans 8 and 35 and 2 Timothy chapter 3, 11. It comes from those ignorant of God in John 16 and 3. It comes from those who hate God in John <coughs> excuse me, 15 and 20. It comes from the proud in Psalms 10 and 2. It comes from the, the mistaken uh, zeal in Acts 13, 50. And then unbelievers naturally engage in it. It takes aims at preachers. It, it sometimes leads to a death. Believers can escape through lawful means at times. And when under persecution, they commit to God. Under uh, When under persecution exhibits patience, when under persecution rejoice, when under persecution they glorify God, there is a blessing to enduring in Matthew 5 and 10. We are to pray for those who are suffering in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. <coughs> Excuse me. Its suffering is ex ex exemplified in, in the book of Micah. Jeremiah, Daniel, the prophets, 
Paul and Silas, all of these, this section sums up the role of the persecuted. And while their role is most always difficult to bear, awaiting reward will make it worthy every, every single mile. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 and 12, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. This is our scripture for, for this last uh, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they that the prophets which were before you. It needs to be pointed out here that the first beatitude promised the poor in spirit, and they which have the kingdom of God, and now we come to the last beatitude. Excuse me. And the persecuted have so, the same promise. All the blessings come to those who are in a certain classification of sorts. But when the Lord moved to Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, he said that you would be blessed when you were persecuted. This makes the beatitudes of all the more treasurable to those who are walking out the Christian life as this very point in life. And that doesn't mean just that people are gossiping about it. That means the, the tough times in our lives, those tough times when we're, in, 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 in we're suffering in our lives here on this earth, blessed are those that are persecuted. Ultimately, there is a command here that may slip by our attention. We are told to consider the reward that awaits us in the life beyond this one. Yes, we may be suffering right now here upon this earth, but there is a better life waiting in the beyond when we're with Jesus, when we're with God. That is what helped Moses turn his eyes away from the sin of this world that he knew only lasted for a season compared to the reward that we gave him in eternity in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26. Please read that. He was a man <coughs> who contemplated the reward and he valued what his commitment to God in this life would warn him. The mentality of this world wants nothing to do with any contemplation whatsoever of this life to come and the judgment that it awaits us. David Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote in his uh, commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. Look at the marvelous summary of the Old Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. Consider these men. The author is saying, these heroes of faith, what was their secret? It was just that they said, we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. They were all men who were looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That is the secret. That is the secret. It must therefore be an essential part of the differentia of the Christian man or woman, as we are reminded here again.
You see the obvious difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. The non-Christian does everything it can not to think of the world beyond, that it is whole meaning of the pleasure mania of today in this world. It is just a great conspiracy in an effort to stop thinking and especially to avoid thinking of death and the world to come. That is a typical of a non-Christian. There is nothing he or she so hates as talking about death and eternity. But they need to understand they're going to spend eternity somewhere. It's heaven or hell. But the Christian man or woman, on the other hand, is a man or woman who thinks a great deal about these things, especially in the way that the world is headed today. And they dwell upon them. They are great uh, they are so great at controlling principles and factors in the whole of his or her life and that outlook for his or her life. Lloyd-Jones has summed uh, one of the greatest deceptions that has ever been uh, foised on, on a man or a woman. The God of this world has blinded their minds. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 11 and 3 in Matthew 4, 8 and 9, John chapter 12, verse 4, and 1 Kings chapter 22, 22, so that there is never any uh, contemplation at all. Our American mentality here in this country has so brought into the idea that everyone who dies automatically goes to a better place, that the devil has managed to get that vast majority to believe in this lie. This is, that's what they're teaching in the universities. That's what they're teaching in school. Someone told me in church just the other day that their young, uh, I, I think he's a, a fifth or sixth grader, is being taught the Koran. We can't teach the Bible, but they can teach the Koran in, in grade school now. This is where the Bible, the very word of Almighty God, can help us if we teach it at home to see beyond the lies that is being smokescreened in the schools today. Flee from those who would attempt to tell you otherwise. Value those around you who are encouraging your spiritual walk with the Lord God because there is a great accounting that will face every one of us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. Great is your reward in heaven, hallelujah, is a point that needs to be considered always, always. Our lives must be lived out so that we are under an, the very impulses of the Holy Spirit. And we must uh, mortify the needs of our flesh. I believe that we should be very concerned about the trajectory of the future as far as our personal spiritual lives are concerned. We need to understand our children must know Jesus Christ. God does and will reward those people who are faithful. And uh, although some might say that all they want is a little shack in glory, we should never have that mentality of having just enough to get by. Just enough to get by is not idea in a spiritual walk. I want to look for that mansion in the hilltop. Amen. 
look to the reward and never lose sight of the finish line that approaches much faster than we realize. I'll tell you, I'm 71. It's gone by very quickly. We ought to be motivated by the idea of the reward because it is very much a prevailing thought in the New Testament church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. I'm going to give you a minute to get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 through 10 through 11. And Luke chapter 12 verse 42 through 48. I'm going to go through that again. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 10 through 11, and Luke chapter 12, verse 42 through 48. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, Every man work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire." 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men, but he may, we are made manifest unto God. I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Luke chapter 12, verse 42 through 48. And the Lord said, Who then is that fruitful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? To give them their portion of meat is due season. Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing of the truth. I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's, men's servants and the maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken. The Lord of the servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at the hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him a portion which the unbelievers and the servants which knew his lords will prepare not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with the many stripes. But he that knew not and did not commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be required, and to whom men have committed much of him they shall ask more. 
See, from these passages and the host of others that are not listed, it is very clear that the reward of the believers is a very important doctrine of embrace of scriptures. Just in the previous section, we have saw that the Bible had to say about persecution, we can do the same thing with the reward of the believers. It is from God. It's from the grace of God. It is God's good pleasure. It's prepared by the Lord, comes from the servants of God, based on the works uh, built on the foundation laid by Jesus Christ. It is the evaluation of judgment seat of Christ. It is described as being of Christ. It's described of beholding the face of God, beholding the glory of Christ, being glorified by Christ in all these scriptures. It's reigning of Christ, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the crown of life, imperishable crown. All these scriptures shows uh, what's going on. So we are to, we are to rejoice. Uh, in Matthew 16, 27, Revelation 22 and 12, we'll be given a second coming of the, uh, of the Lord. Besides the reward that come with the kingdom of God, we also must understand that persecution is good for the child of God in several ways. It takes our eyes off earthly rewards. It strips away the superficial believers who, who live in the stony ground. It strengthens the faith of those who endure. It serves as an example to those who follow us. It places us uh, in the company of the greatest of God's own people, uh, Elijah, Jeremiah, Daniel, etc., so we need to turn our backs on the old world, and we need to rejoice. The Lord has keyed in our response to, to persecution by instructing us not to retaliate nor resent those that persecute us, those who are guilty of persecution, but rather to rejoice in it. It makes us better people. So why should we rejoice? Because there is something in our behavior and speech that has betrayed us as a disciple of Jesus Christ if we, if we counterattack them. So we should rejoice. Those around, uh, around us recognize there is a work of God uh, going on in our life when we forgive those who attack us. We need to rejoice because we can recognize that persecution is proof of our calling and the fact that, that you are uh, keeping your, um, your election to God sure. The last reason we need to rejoice for persecution is because we have a great reward waiting us in heaven. Praise God. The blessings of persecution is that it inspires you and I to look toward the heavenly home that awaits each and every one of us, where we will experience the fullness of joy, the fullness of contentment, the fullness of our blessing, and the fellowship with the Lord in his church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I hope and I pray that you have enjoyed uh, this nine-part series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope that you'll, um, you'll be able to get a part of that series uh, as we strive out here in December. Uh, we're going to start a new series here at Spiritual Awareness. We've got a, a new series coming out. It's called, uh, it's a four-part series. I'm going to take you to boot camp. Um, it's called Jesus is Better. We'll start that next Wednesday. 
meanwhile, I, I just, uh, I, I, I just want to tell you, I thank you for tuning in each week, um, each Wednesday and, and each Sunday. Uh, it's been my pleasure to be with you. Uh, we're, we're striving into the Christmas season here. And uh, I, I just, uh, I want to thank you for being a part of this. So um, uh, I, I want to close out this, this part of our, of us will be right. Hey everyone, praise the Lord. I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, Sermon on the Mount series. Um, this is Pastor Davenport. Just remember Jesus is always before you, behind you, always beside you, and you're always, always surrounded by God. Um, I just wanted to kind of remind you um, that December is here. Uh, if you can't be with the, you know, someone um, for Christmas, I know with this COVID-19, be sure and pick up the phone and call someone and let them know how much you love them. Uh, unite with someone. Uh, it's a season of love. It's a season of Jesus. Um, he's the reason for the season. Um, we could sure use your help. Uh, again, I, I said it at the first of the, before the sermon this morning. Uh, we're we're struggling here on the river. It's it, it does get cold uh, for the homeless. We're trying to raise money for sleeping bags, tents, uh, winter jackets, and, and homeless bags. If you God so in your prayers, uh, you can. God tells you to do a love offering. We sure appreciate it. You can go to the website, spiritualawareness.net, all one word, spiritualawareness.net, and you can uh, send in a love offering. Any amount helps. Uh, we can purchase the sleeping bags and tents and get get to the homeless. A lot of veterans, you know that I worked with the veterans, so a lot of the veterans, we can get them to uh, get that done, and uh, we can get resources for them. We also, uh, we also work with LGBTQ uh, youth and try to get them off the streets as well. So whatever you can do, uh, the Lord will bless you for it. Uh, if you would like to keep us on the air, if you enjoy listening to our broadcast, uh, we can certainly use that as well to keep us on the air. Uh, we appreciate that as well. Uh, we just want to kind of leave you with a, a, a prayer uh, for that, we have our 11 o'clock prayer hour. Uh, if your church reopens, and I pray that all churches would reopen, uh, you know, we just pray that that God would do that uh, and keep our churches going. Many churches uh, are closed up, uh, and, and I understand that there's a fight going on in Superior Court right now over that, uh, that... <laughs> That they're they're fighting to to in the superior court. I, I never thought I'd see the day uh, that they would fight over keeping churches open, but that seems to be the thing. So with that, uh, let let's all you know if you're listening around the world today to this broadcast, bow your heads, Father. We ask the uh, ask the Lord of the harvest to to thrust the perfect labor into into uh, the path of all, all around the world. Your gospel is a special way that we can send out to, to the lost today, Lord. And we just want to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, that, that we just one, one minute way of, of sending out prayers, that, Lord God, that you would go out and intercede on behalf of this broadcast, Lord. Uh, maybe there's a way that they could tune in some way, somehow, 
and they would tune into this broadcast and they'd hear this broadcast that each and every prayer warrior, prayer partner, shepherd of prayer, Lord, would be able to reach out some way, somehow to a soul that is, is, is in desperate need of hearing your word and that they would tune in and they would hear the gospel being preached. And somehow a spark, Lord God, a, a minute spark would touch their heart, their soul, and they would want more. They would hunger for the word of God and they would hunger to know Jesus. And Lord, somehow someone would reach them and they would find Jesus and have that desire to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, we unite as prayer partners. We unite as prayer warriors. We unite as shepherded prayer. And we come before your throne today, Lord, as humble servants to find a way to, to reach out to the lost of this world and bring them to Jesus. Lord, that salvation, those great bells of heaven would ring ring and ring that the the world would find Jesus Christ before that that coming of the Lord before that final bell that trumpet would sound and they would come and, and hear Jesus and we would all come before your throne on, on that wonderful day Lord God let us humble ourselves before you Lord as we go forth to preach the gospel to all the world Upon that final day, Lord, when you would tell our Lord and Savior, go and get my children. Father, we know that day is coming when all the dead in Christ would rise and then we will see Jesus in the eastern north skies as the clouds roll away and then we would see Jesus. Father, I almost feel your hand upon me. I pray, Lord God, for that day to come. I pray for our government. I pray for our senators, our congressmen and women. I pray for all those that are in authority, Lord God. Show them the way, Lord God, to bring peace and tranquility back to this country. I pray for our children. I pray for them, Lord God, that they would see the peace that only Jesus can bring. And I pray for each and every one of our listeners today, Lord God. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I pray for it today, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would eradicate this COVID-19. Get that vaccine out, Lord, and, and, and help us to get over this, this plague that is upon us that the devil has sent and help a, a healing come to our country and to this world. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name today. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today. I love each and every one of you. I send a blessing your way right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you till he brings us back once again.